We're back. It's Engage Magazine on American Family Radio. There's a lot of issues that can divide Christians, that can divide churches, that can divide families, and how we approach those, how we broach the topics that we know will bring contention, it really impacts the way that the conversation can go. And if we bring it up in the right way, we discuss it in the right attitude, uh, with a couple of principles in mind, you know what? It really impacts not just the end of the conversation, but every aspect of it. In studio today, to help us uh, kind of learn how to have these discussions, but beyond that, equip us us with really good answers is Alex McFarland. If you missed any of the first episode, we kind of talked about some of those principles. You can find that at EngageMagazine.net slash podcast. In this segment, we're going to be focusing on three really important issues. We're going to be talking about government, social justice, and abortion. And uh, so, Alex, we have a lot of ground to cover. We do. Not a lot of time to, to hit it. But one question that I've got to open up with, and it's one that may be a little contentious, can you be a Christian and, and and have a party loyalty, a political party loyalty. Uh, I, I think you can if you regularly uh, monitor what that party is standing for. Mm-hmm. You know, um, it's funny. I, w- I spoke this year at a church on Mother's Day, and I just talked about the blessing of family and life is sacred. I mean, it was the tamest, most innocuous message. A lady comes up, I'm shaking hands. I just, on Mother's Day, preached about family. Mm-hmm. That's what we preachers do. The lady looks at me. She said, I'll have you know, not all of us here are Republicans. I mean, it was like I had offended her. <laughs> uh, now, clearly, but that, that tells me, because, you know, when I speak at universities, I was at a college to speak just about two weeks ago and uh, spoke to an incoming group of freshmen, and somebody kind of shook their finger at me and said, well, I'll have you know, God is not a Republican. Of course not. <laughs> However, um, in re- at least up until recently, uh, the Republican Party had championed some positions that were more in line with the Word of God than had the Democrat Party. Mm-hmm. And now this year, 2016, is the first year that for the first time ever, the Democrat Party presidential platform, not one person's opinion, but their platform includes a promise to abolish the Hyde Amendment, which had restricted federal funding for abortion. I mean, this is amazing that a major political party has made a promise to their constituents, elect our people because we will increase abortions. Mm, Now, so can a Christian have fidelity to a political party? Of course, provided that that party uh, you watch and make sure, and through your voice and influence, make sure that their platforms and positions and proposals are in line with Scripture. I think, conversely, a Christian should be willing to break with a political party mm-hmm. when that, that party has clearly squared itself off against what Scripture says. And one of those primary things uh, issues is abortion, which we're going to get to. Yep, absolutely. Uh, but I kind of want to bring a close on government as we move on to the next uh, topic, and that's American conceptualism. And that is in your book, what I learned is after you laid out the five or six di- or the six different ways that Christians often view government, uh, the, the the biblical role of government in a believer's life, the government should be influenced by your Christianity. So we as Christians should influence government, whether that's being, uh, whether that's um, voting or whether that's um, actually running for an elected office or uh, or helping out with a campaign. I just want to mention just a couple of those. You gave some great examples in your book here. Let's think about the life of Joseph, Moses, Nehemiah, Mordecai, Esther, John the Baptist, Paul, the list goes on on how these men of God, these, these women of God 
influenced our government. Yeah, and really quick, because we are not we are barely scratching the surface of this book, <laughs> oh, yeah. if we're just being honest. So, Alex, really quick, tell us where people can buy the book. Well, um, at afastore.net or any of the online booksellers, I, I encourage people to support your local Christian bookstore. Amen. But mm-hmm. um, it's published by Baker slash Bethany House. I've written a lot of books for them, but it's called Ten Issues That Divide Christians. I, w- I will say there are several hundred footnotes because I knew I would be speaking at colleges and having to defend this more than any other book I ever uh, did. The Ten Issues That Divide Christians, uh, we've got footnotes, historical citations, because if you're going to say, look, America was based on biblical principles, and America, part of America's DNA, and that's what de Tocqueville said in, in the 1830s, that's what uh, Supreme Court Chief Justice Earl Warren said in the 50s and 60s, that's what Ronald Reagan said, that America was based on godly principles. If you're going to say that in the 21st century, you, <laughs> you better be able to back it up. Yeah, you have to be able to defend it. So let's let's kind of move on, because another really big topic that you hit on is the idea of social justice. Now, EngageMagazine.net, we're not really strangers to the idea of social justice. We've got a couple of articles that hit on that, including one by, by Nick Dean uh, titled Love Affair with Social Justice. Um, <laughs> but when we talk about social justice, there's a certain connotation uh, that come, that's kind of on the back side of that. So really quick, can you describe to us what, uh, what, was, what does our culture mean when we say social justice? Well, I, I think social justice means uh, two different things to different people. Uh, traditionally, in the Christian sense, it means that uh, when we honor our brother, when we love our neighbor, we're honoring the one whose image they bear. Mm-hmm. Um, so that I, means caring for, especially the widow, the orphan, the homeless, the prisoner, we're, the we're hungry, caring for. Sure. Right. I mean, all people are made in God's image. Dr. King, in his 1963 Pulitzer Prize winning book, Why We Can't Wait, he, he said it so artfully and so accurately that people are made in God's image. Therefore, every person has worth, value, and dignity. Mm-hmm. And social justice, as it's understood by Christian thinkers, um, I love my neighbor because when I'm showing love and dignity and respect, I'm honoring the one whose image you bear. However, to many today, social justice has become code speak to mean um, w- not only can the government solve all of our problems, but it must. And <laughs> and you are immoral. Now, keep in mind— but, but not only that it must, but that it should. I know. I think that's an even you know deeper— Presupposition. Now, let me quote the party and one of the people that really was a champion of social justice in the right way, and that was Abraham Lincoln, who was a Republican, by the way. Uh, I think we need to remind people that, um, uh, you know, it was the Republican Party that gave us the Emancipation Proclamation that freed the slaves. For those that, uh, I'm talking even young Christian 20 somethings that really don't love America. We're the only nation in the history of the world that fought a war to abolish slavery. We, we were so convinced of the worth and value and dignity of every person. We were so cognizant of the fact that slavery was, was wrong that we were willing to go to war to see to it that slavery was abolished. No other nation in history ever did that. But Abraham Lincoln, who said, said this, quote, You cannot help men by permanently doing what they could and should do for themselves. Mm-hmm. Now, there's much more I could say, but social justice is not that I redistribute wealth, confiscate what you earn, 
and permanently put somebody on an entitlement program. That is not really justice at all. Mm -hmm. Yes, and that's a really good point. Uh, You listen to Engage Magazine on American Family Radio. we got Alex McFarland in the studio. We're walking through his book, 10 Issues That Divide Christians. Alex, where can they get this book? Uh, AFAstore.net, any online bookseller, and preferably their local Christian bookstore, too. We need to support the local Christian bookseller. Good. Well, what I want to do, we've got eight minutes left in this program, and we've done a good job. And remember, we're just scratching the surface mm-hmm. here, so I really encourage you to go purchase this book, go through it. May even want to do it in a you. small group. Maybe sure. want to do it uh, maybe a Wednesday night uh, deal. Uh, but I definitely encourage you. I've walked through uh, three quarters of the book. I love it. I, and I was challenged to go back and completely finish it. So I'm going to do that <laughs> myself. I, I'm saying that on radio. But I, uh, but the, we want to move on with the ne- next eight minutes that we've got. And that's the topic of abortion. Mm. And I've been told and I've seen and I've read and I completely convinced as a Christian, if you are not right on this topic, you're more than likely going to be wrong on all the topics, or at least the majority of them. Well, because abortion is attached to so many different issues. Right. So, And and just the fact fact that we're made in God's image, we're people, you Mm -hmm. know? So it's real deep there. So so Mm. what's your thoughts on abortion when it comes to your book here? Well, you know, and I've got to tell you, my my viewpoint on this uh, changed. I'm ashamed to tell you that when I was a college student, um, I, I was not an activist, but I told many people that, hey, you know, abortion, you know, if if a person wants to have an abortion, they, they can do that. I'm not saying I was pro-abortion, right, right. but I was not anti-abortion. Mm-hmm. I had never thought it through. I became a Christian, and I began to read. I'll never forget, I, I read a book by a guy named John Ankerberg, uh, Life Begins at Conception. And it. I was shocked to find out the scientific community is is uniformly in agreement. I mean, look— when conception takes place, um, that uh, ovum, then a fetus, it, it will not grow into anything other than a human being. You need to understand, at the moment of conception, that is a human life. And the Bible says we're made in God's image. The Bible says that we're to love our neighbor. And love, in a biblical sense, in a Christian sense, love means to seek the highest good. I am completely convinced that the greatest um, sin that we should be concerned about as Americans is abortion. The fact that now for 43 years, 43 years, we have aborted approximately 3,000 human beings per day, mm-hmm. and largely with federal money subsidizing it, I've got to believe God cares about that. Mm. Sure. It, it, it is interesting. Right now, there's, there's a lot of talk about immigration. And there are people here illegally, and they're not paying into taxes or Social Security, and so there's this looming national debt. It's very interesting that the number of illegals that are here that aren't paying into the system and they're not following the laws is roughly equal to the number of babies we've aborted. Now think about this. There, there, There are millions and millions and millions of American citizens that don't exist. Um, right now, we are heading for what sociologists call demographic winter mm-hmm. because, look, if you want a dozen humans, you have to have about 18 babies. Mm-hmm. Now, we've not been doing that for, for – and it's increasing the, the people, millennials, that really don't see the value of marriage. They think children are a burden rather yeah. than a blessing. 
And so that's why I tell people, look, if you want to not only honor God, save the nation, but experience the highest levels of personal fulfillment, studies show this. I've got Harvard Psychology Today that say this is the path to fulfillment. Get married, stay married, build a family. Uh, mm-hmm. I've seen that. I've yeah, read that. Yeah. Yeah. You, you, want, you want to not only shore up <laughs> Christianity but yeah. save America, champion family. family. But we've not done that. And abortion, look, um, I know I sound like I'm on a soapbox, but I guess but I suppose I am. <laughs> hey, if there's something to get on a soapbox about, I think abortion would be it. And the family. Yeah. And supporting yeah. the family. Life is sacred. Okay, human life is sacred. People talk about um, gay marriage. Now transgenderism. People talk about things like um, it's unfair that certain segments of society don't have cell phones and big screen TVs. I mean, for real. All right. We are confused at the lower level moral truths because we have failed at the highest level moral truth being our defense of life and the Mm -hmm. unborn. And I would submit that, look, if, if it doesn't prick our conscience that 3,000 humans a day are being murdered, 98.5% of which are done for convenience, mm-hmm. not the life of the mother. Um, if, if it doesn't break our heart that 3,000 babies a day are being aborted, chances are we're not going to be very righteously indignant about who has sex before marriage. Right. Mm-hmm. That's well said. Alex, you know, I was as I was reading your book, I came across in each, in each chapter you provide the arguments for and the arguments against that topic. Mm-hmm. But when I came across the, the government, I got it. The other ones, I, I at least could understand their arguments. But I can't, when it came to this chapter of abortion, there's, it says Christians' arguments in favor of abortions. You know, at first, you know, I, oh, I yeah, thought I know it's crazy. It, it sounds crazy, but until I, I had experienced this for myself the first time several months ago when I was talking to a believer, mm-hmm. loves his family, loves the Lord, and he said, I personally— would not have, you know, I would not want my wife to have an abortion. I'm against it. And I'm also against my daughter having it. But I am not going to force anybody to do it. Mm-hmm. And I'm not going to th- force anybody to have a baby. Did that, yeah, to have a baby. And I just thought to myself, basically, he's pro-abortion is what he was. And that's how he votes. Well, he's kind of how, how Alex described himself in college. You yes. know, uh, I'm not an activist, but I'm certainly not going to yeah. fight against it. So what? So what is the Christian response? Because you, you, that's what one of the things you help us answer in the book here. What's the Christian response to that? Uh, well, some some Christians, professed Christians, would say that they're not going to fight against abortion mm-hmm. because they'll they'll say things like this, and 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 I'll go from the completely frivolous to maybe those that seem a little more substantive. Some Christians will say, well, I'm not going to fight it because it's the law of the land. Well, That's it's, it, it's an right. unjust <laughs> But then they'll say, but we need to respect a woman's right to choose. But a woman's uh, choice to abort a baby is not exercising a choice about herself. That's imposing over the life of another. And then they'll say, yes, but what about the economic and psychological burdens? Well, you know, the economic and psychological burdens are present because of choices we made, whether it's to steal or work for a living, whether it's to tell the truth or to lie, or whether it's to um, be accountable for our choices. We need to understand whether it's sex outside of marriage or whatever. Our choices have repercussions, and we need to hold ourselves morally accountable, and we can't take the life of another just to apparently absolve ourselves of the 
repercussions of the choice we made. Absolutely. Alex, thank you so much. And again, we have talked about 10 issues that divide Christians, written by Alex McFarlane. You can pick that up at afastore.net. Alex, one more time, thank you for being on our program. We always appreciate it. Uh, Look forward to having him back. Absolutely. We're going to have him back. We're going to continue the discussion, finish out the book. Until then, keep on sharing truth and applying Scripture.